Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to do something nice today, all you gotta do is hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Evil Strength. Please wait. Okay. I'm currently working on the creation of a new part of a factory. My job consists of checking if the equipment, level switches, temperature measurements, valves, are installed correctly and to test their functionality with a programmer. There's two other guys doing the same as me, Big Factory, and we have to share one programmer between us. Normal operation goes as follows. 1. Find something to test. 2. Fill out the test sheet. 3. Check if the installation is correctly done. 4. Radio the programmer and test the functionality. In the time it takes for one of us to complete a test, the other two are either filling out their test sheet or searching for the next thing to test. The system worked fine for a while until our programmer went home. The project is abroad and company rules limit the time you can be away from home. Obviously we got a new one so we can continue but he's a bit slower. I also don't know what exactly he does but he has to take and make a lot of calls unrelated to us which has led to his catchphrase, please wait. The previous programmer had moments like this as well but she always called back when she was available again or if it took more than 5 minutes she'd call to say that she's still busy. This guy doesn't do that. Usually, one of us calls after a while to ask if he's available again, and we'd either continue testing or hear, please wait, another time. Pretty sure you can see where this is going, but the next time he said it, we just did it. Found a spot where no one saw us and just started waiting. After half an hour, we decided to get a drink and waited there, then we went back to our spot. It took about an hour and a half before we heard from him, wondering why we weren't calling. He hasn't exactly learned his lesson, but we did get a very enjoyable extended break thanks to it. You would think that if somebody would say to you, please wait, that the expectation would be that they would follow up with you when the waiting is actually over. Like if you had to do some kind of business with somebody and they said, please wait or hold on, would you expect them to eventually reach back out to you? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Skink and Hank. My toddler got me. Over the weekend, my two-year-old was having a grand old time throwing some of his toys and balls around the room, as one does, when some of the toys started coming too close to his infant brother for comfort. I informed my son that he needed to be careful around the baby because some of the toys he was throwing had sharp edges and corners that could hurt his little brother. I sternly informed him that if he threw any more hard toys near the baby, that they would be taken away for the rest of the day. You may see where this is going, but I did not. A mischievous glint crept into his eye and a grin broke out across his face as my toddler proceeded to chuck every throw pillow, stuffed animal, and piece of clothing within reach directly at his tiny baby brother. All while grinning at me and defying me to stop him, he left all his hard toys untouched and cackled maniacally as I retreated ashamed with my tiny son in my arms under a rain of soft missiles. I swear there's something with kids around this age that like, if you tell them not to do something, they're going to figure out a way to do exactly what you told them not to do, but still like follow exactly your rules or like reasonable enough for a three year old. They're either sticking crayons in their ears or they're little geniuses. Our next story is by farts don't matter. My employer made me rewrite my exit paperwork after I initially submitted a list of safety and general concerns I had about my department. So I did. About 10 years ago, I worked for a famous wholesale club that usually prides itself on good working conditions and treating their employees well. You know the one. 
The specific location I worked for happened to be a rather large exception to that rule, as it would turn out. I worked in the suburbs of West Detroit for this wholesale club and the deli department for the better part of two years. My job was, among other things, curing the chickens, preparing entrees, and performing the nightly cleaning procedures. If you know anything about this wholesale club, you know that they have very detailed and very thorough procedures for just about everything because they care about their customers and they care about doing the right thing in general even when no one is looking, or so I thought. During the two years, I started noticing certain patterns that felt not just unfair, but possibly dangerous or hazardous to the well-being of employees and or customers. A couple of examples among dozens of others were being told to look past off-colored or bad-smelling raw rotisserie chickens and to just do my job, being written up for clocking out one minute over my shift even though I was rushing to complete all of the sanitation tasks in the prep area, and getting in trouble slash written up for requesting the wholesale club's company policy slash deli guidelines about how fast a satisfactory employee should be expected to go when preparing entrees and cleaning the deli. My manager bucked the official guidelines and would always make me perform 10% faster than my previous week's performance, probably so she could cut more hours and send us part-timers home sooner so it would cut down on expenditures and she'd look good. Given my place in life, I absolutely had needed this job and couldn't afford to lose it, so I tolerated everything that I felt was odd or perhaps egregiously unfair about the work environment, but I wrote everything down in a journal when I came across an instance where I thought, that doesn't seem like the executives of this company would approve of that. But now, at the point where I had another job offer, I felt slightly more confident and less likely to slip into my subservient, spineless worker facade. About two or three days after I tendered my two-week notice, one of the lead people of the store called me to the main office while I was working in the deli. I walk up to see what they wanted. I was given a packet of paperwork that was tantamount to an exit interview. It had questions many of us have all seen before in an exit interview. It also had a space for extra comments. In this space, I put that I had some concerns about some of the safety practices, disciplinary measures, adherence to corporate standards, and the general meaner of and the worker morale within the deli department. That's all I put. I didn't get salty. I didn't list examples. I wasn't even mad. I was just a naive younger adult in my early 20s who thought some companies really cared about certain kinds of feedback regarding well-being and safety of the employees and customers. I handed in the paperwork and returned to my department. About two days later, I get called to the main office again. Oh boy, maybe they want to hear my feedback and concerns, I thought. When I arrived to the office, the same lead person who originally handed me the paperwork had a puzzled expression on her face. She told me to step into this super tiny office where they had the security camera monitor stored. Inside was a small desk and three store leaders. The assistant manager, the store manager, and this lady. They all told me to take a seat and shut the door of the super tiny room. All three of them got really close to me from across the tiny table. The store manager was first to speak. OP, how many years of experience do I have being a manager? I say probably a lot. Seems like you know how to run the store. The store manager says, right, I've been here, points to name tag, since some year in the late 1990s. So would you say that I have what it takes to know how to reflect on all of the things needed to operate a wholesale club like this? I say, yeah, likely that you do. What are you getting at? 
The store manager says, How many years of management experience do you have, Mr. OP? I say none. They say okay. How many years of deli management experience do you have? I say none. I work as an associate. They say right. So let me ask you, how would you know how to run a deli if you don't have any experience as a deli manager? I say never said I did know how. They say, well, apparently you think you do because I have what looks like very disgruntled paperwork here. I believe you filled out that says you have some concerns about certain safety practices, disciplinary measures, adherence to corporate standards. I say that's right. They say, how can you know what is truly a concern in the deli department if you've never had experience as a deli manager? You just told me you have no experience as a deli manager. I say nothing. They continue, the reason we called you in here today, everyone in the room folds their arms in unison, is because we know you overthink stuff. We don't pay you to think, we pay you to show up and work. And while you may think your comments and so-called concerns are legitimate, I can assure you that your remarks instead come across as disgruntled and highly out of line. It would be a shame if a future employer called us for a reference check and we had to tell them Mr. OP was a highly disgruntled employee. Therefore, we are going to give you this opportunity to rewrite your paperwork and we'll pretend like we didn't even see this paperwork. So you can rest assured we don't have to mention anything about you being disgruntled to any future employer. One of the other people slide a fresh copy of the same paperwork. I agree to rewrite it. They leave me alone while I begin to rewrite the paperwork. When I get to the comment section, I write, Everything was absolutely perfect about my experience here, and there's nothing but good things that I have to say. And this was what the three managers told me to put after bringing me into a tiny room and giving me the opportunity, offer I couldn't refuse, to rewrite this paperwork after my former paperwork, which pointed out that I had concerns about the deli department, would be interpreted like I'm a disgruntled employee if I submitted that copy of the paperwork. I turn in my new paperwork without saying anything and walk back to my department. I didn't return to work after that night. Fallout came back for a shop a few weeks after starting my new job and the store had entirely different management and the deli manager was long gone. I think the real issue here is these managers all assume that OP would have like a fear that they would need like a recommendation later on. It sure would be bad if a future employer heard that you had concerns about our expired chicken. Our next story is by the Deer Brinker. I'm no longer allowed to drive luxury cars. Okay then. Three months ago, I joined a large dealership in the admin. I'm between three locations as a full-time employee after a few months of part-time. It's a mess when I joined, so I made a system when I was a part-timer during my personal time and maintain it so salespeople could sell cars faster. The dealership went to number one in the group in terms of KPI thanks to my system. Since I'm not in sales, I get a fixed salary with no bonus and no overtime pay. To sweeten the deal so I'd be a full-time employee, the manager said I could drive any car from the lot for weekdays and any of the special cars we have in stock. Think Ferrari, Lamborghini, Aston Martin, for a weekend once a month. I have to pay my own fuel though. It's a demanding job and I do on average 60 hours a week, 5 days, but it was worth it because the cars I get to drive would offset the overtime hours I do. Contractual obligation is 38 hours a week. 
Today, I was told that benefit no longer applies. I'm no longer allowed to drive any greater than $20,000 cars and no more special cars every month. No reason provided. I think the managers were just being jerks, but I'd love to be proven wrong. It's not that we're short of inventory. We have over 400 cars between three locations, half of which are luxury cars. So it's just going to be econo boxes, which I'd have to pay for some sort of subscription, cheaper than having a car repayment, but still, and provide my own fuel. When I asked if I'm being compensated for the overtime and extra work I've done, I was told that technically I was paid extra when I previously drove those luxury and special cars. Fair enough. I'll start working exactly what I'm contractually obliged to. I'll also exclude the things that weren't part of my contract, such as working past my contractual hours, providing after-hour support, working on weekends, working on things outside of my scope and work, and lastly, denying access to the system that I made, since it was made during personal time and with my own resources. Feel free to fire me, management. Without me and my system, your KPI would no longer be number one. I don't blame OP at all. Like, imagine having such a really amazing perk. To be fair, I feel like that kind of a perk, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Aston Martins, it probably was so good that OP probably should have expected it was going to end at some point. And our final story of the day is by iCollect50PS, you're not leaving until the stack is empty. This is a simple one, but I'll set the scene. I was 16. This was my first job. I worked in a fast food chain that sold pizza that portrayed itself as being housed in a crappy hut. I was constantly on pot wash. This involved stacking dishes onto trays, rinsing them and sliding them into a machine that was like a super quick dishwasher. So basically 100 pans, dishes, plates thrown into a pot wash machine every 2 minutes and repeat for 8-12 to hours. The rate at which people eat? It's difficult to keep up with dishes from the restaurant and pans from the kitchen. Some pot wash champion will probably tell you it's easy, but it's a no from me. Anyways, I worked with bullies, and I was 16 and new to the world of work. Was told I couldn't leave until the pans off this stack were empty. Despite my shift ending in 10 minutes and realizing full well I wasn't going to get overtime, the sentence implied I was to wash them, but I also still had dishes from the restaurant. With a mountainous amount of plates and no willingness to help my colleagues in any way, shape, or form, given their attitude towards me. My interpretation was this. I'll remove all the pans from the stack, place them on the floor. The stack was now empty for me to leave. I never came back. I'm sure I wasn't a loss for them. They certainly weren't a loss for me. Honestly, I bet some of these franchises legitimately are so bad, like... Sometimes you go to a fast food place kind of like this, and you can just tell there's these certain locations that just do not have their stuff together. And frankly, what's going on behind the scenes is probably worthy enough of just hanging up your apron, walking out, never coming back. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.